0: We are continuing the Navi Shirim in Sefer Yoshua. Last we got up to was chapter three, Pasuk thirteen, when Moshe was uh, when, sorry Moshe when Yoshua was telling Ben Israel that basically the way you're going to cross the Jordan is that the Kohanim are going to take the Aron, they are going to walk into the edge of the Jordan, and when their feet go into the edge of the Jordan River. The waters will stop and they will stand, Ned Echad, the pasuk says, as one pillar. And once they stop one pillar, obviously the rest of the, the river will dry out. Um, pillar, please, please. Jordan river. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the rest of the Jordan River will dry up and then Ben will be able to pass by. Now, as we said yesterday, what's this supposed to remind you of? Yamsuf. Bnei's drying walking by on dry land. Yamsuf. So the idea is the same miracle that Moshe did. Yoshua is doing a similar miracle in a similar way. And notice that if Yamsuf represents the exit from Egypt, then Yarden crossing represents the entry into Israel, which which highlights the two events that are attached to it. The, the event that's attached to Yamsuf would be coming out of Egypt, an event that's tied to the Yarden is going into Israel, which means that these events are seminal moments in the Jewish people. You know, maybe you could say they are on equal footing. There's a very deep significance to leaving Egypt, both philosoph- both in terms of the people's development and, like, philosophically what it represents. And there's deep significance to going into the land of Israel, and and they're being highlighted as kind of bracketing our whole, you know, our whole story. But it's not. Um, going into Israel is in um, it's the the leaving of egypt is much more heralded in our in our yes is history. it really but yeah. well while part we of the Passover we celebrate it every year because it seems like egypt is a much bigger deal than entering the land of israel and yes. that is because we never successfully entered the land of Israel more than anything we there are Midrashim and I've said this before in the, in the Parashah podcast that there is a uh, Gemara that I think there's a, there's somewhere in Tanah you have to look up the Pasuk but there's a Pasuk that says in the times of the Mashiach when you when you settle in the land of Israel no longer will you describe God as the God of Israel who took you out of the, the land Genesis. of Egypt but who but is the he's the God of Israel who brought you into the land of Israel and the, so Egypt is is considered the greatest part of our history because it was only the it was the only successfully executed part of our history. The entering into the land of Israel was only partially done and it's never pending. successfully never successfully completed and it's pending major. So um, there's not much to, to celebrate. Okay, back to the Pesukim, We're in Pasuk Yud in the thirteenth chapter. And it was when the people left their tents to go uh, towards the Jordan, and the with that were holding the Aron were before the nation. And it was when the carriers of the Aron went into the Yarden, and the feet of the Qawanim got dipped into the edge of the water. It happened to have been that at this time, the Yarden was full to all of its banks, because it was the time of the harvest. Apparently the Yarden has you know has the high, high seasons tide. and low seasons, so this was a high tide season of the Yarden. By the way, I read something very interesting. You know the Yarden's flow today if you look at the Jordan River it's not the most intense river okay and that's actually because ninety percent of this of the flow of the Jordan River has been redirected for commercial and for for like uh, purposes for the use ninety percent so meaning if we were not making use of the Kinneret water or of any of the water that flows down from the Kinneret for whatever, for drinking water and for things like that, the Yarden would be... Would, it, the, the Yarden right now is a shell of what it, it was in those times. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. It may be also explain why the, the Dead Sea is, is diminishing so quickly. I mean in the past, the river the Jordan, would, with all of its strength, would flow into the Dead Sea and keep it full. And now that we're de- redirecting all the water from the Jordan... I'm not saying we shouldn't. I'm I am not like a, you know interesting. I'm, I'm, interesting. obviously we have to we need water. I'm not I'm not coming I'm not coming as from like a conservationist thing, it's just which is interesting. I didn't know, I read it in a, in this commentary on Sefer Yoshua. Okay. So so it was a time it was a high tide of the of the Jordan River. So then the waters that were coming from up top they stood up in one pillar very far and around the place of it was like a, it stopped at around a city called Adam, that was a city that was next to sartan this is these are cities that would have that the Jews would have recognized we don 't really know exactly where they are we don 't i mean uh, they 're not as meaningful to us, but the Jews who are reading this let 's say when Yoshua when first wrote it would know oh exactly that I know where uh, where Adam is' It's like saying uh, and um the the river stopped by Great Neck, you know the, the city that is thirty minutes east of, of Manhattan. You know that, that's what the, the Tanakh is saying. So the river stopped at a city called Adam, that was next to Sartan, and um, they got stopped, and the the nation passed by on the dry land. They 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 passed by at around the area of Yericho. Okay, which is all these important because that's going to be the first people we attack, okay? So the Koanim now, we're standing, let's say, the these are the Koanim, okay? So they go into the Jordan River, and then the, the water stops up here. The people now, they pass by the Koanim. and the Koanim have to wait inside the river until all of the people pass from in front of them and cross onto the, on the dry land. So the Kwanim remain in the river the entire time that the people are there. Okay? And it was when the people finished passing by the Yarden, Hashem said to Yeshua saying, Take for yourself from the nation 12 people. One man per tribe. And each one of these 12 people should take stones from within the Jordan River. 12 stones. And you should bring them to the hotel or to the place. Uh, Now we call it a hotel because we've modernized it. But in those days, it was a place where they spent the night. Take those 12 stones to the place where you are spending the night whenever on that first night that you enter meaning tonight okay so um, so what's the significance of these 12 stones what are these okay, 12 stones like, Yaakov, like put his head on 12 stones or that that's know? interesting that's probably midrash has um, spies no so there's relate really, maybe there's like the, we see that take yourself 12 people by the spies but uh. the the key that um, the thing about these stones is that they're going to become like a relic or like a, a a remembrance for the crossing of the Jordan, so that people will remember. It. It's a it's a classic Jewish thing to do. You you have like a major event happen, so you want to make sure that event remains embedded in the Jewish memory. So you take you take a bunch of stones and you make it like ya- Yaakov and Lavan also did that. They made like a they made like an agreement on a bunch of stones. So it was a common thing to do back then. But the thing I was looking for is that when. Whenever we get into Israel, there's going to be a commandment to um, to write the Sefer Torah, and the Midrashim say that they're they written they were written on a group of stones. The Midrashim say that it was written on these specific stones. So it's a, whatever. It's a, it's a, we'll, we'll get to it. It's in like the eighth chapter of Sefer Yoshua. It's a whole big, complicated thing in which. Um, are you guys familiar with the brachot of Har Gerizim and Har Eval? So, there's a whole... there's a, At the end of... In Sefer Devarim, there's a mitzvah that Pene upon entering the land of Israel, have to do with the whole ceremony of Har Gerizim and Har Eval, which is near Shechem area, where they have to do a ceremony in which they basically reaccept the covenant. It's like Har Sinai version 2. But it happens in the land of Israel. Part of that covenant is to write the Torah on stones. So they say these stones are being brought not only for... A remembrance for Jordan River, but also to be the stones that we write the Torah on. But that that's a midrash, it's not exactly clear. Anyways, take for yourself 12 men, they should each take a stone. <speaking in Hebrew> and he says to them, Each person should take. One stone from within the Jordan. There should be a sign for you. So when your kids ask tomorrow, what are these stones for you? And you will tell your kids, when they ask you, what are these stones? You will say, these stones are in remembrance of the fact that God split the Jordan River for us when we were passing to go into the land of Israel. The Jews did that. They took the 12 stones that Yoshua asked them to take out of the Arden as God commanded them for the number of the tribes of Israel. And they brought it to the place where they were lodging that night and they left them there. And we will pause the sukim the at that point. Um, so, so, so far, the kwanim, the they go into the river. The water stopped. The Jews pass in front of the Qanim. In the meantime, Yeshua tells the Jews to pick 12 people. Those 12 people are to take stones out of the river and to take them and put them at the place where they'll be remaining for the night. That's all we know so far. And they did that. Successfully, they, they take the stones. They the, the 12 men, they take it. They put it in the place where they're going to remain tonight. the night. The Jews have all crossed. In the meantime, Yeshua does one more thing. Um, I'm going to actually go to the end of these of tzukim these because uh, we have a little bit more time and it's, it'll give, give us a good, put us at a good stopping point. In the meantime, Yoshua did one more monument. It wasn't enough to take the 12 stones out of the river and to put them in the place where they're going to remain the night. Yoshua wanted to make a separate monument inside the Jordan River. So the next thing Yoshua does without God telling him to do it is. And Yeshua then established or he put, he stood 12 more stones under the feet of the, where the Kohanim were standing when they were standing and the, the water stopped. He put those stones and that's in the, in the Jordan. That's probably on the side of the Jordan. So it was probably a place where you could see, see, see the stones, but they're kind of like poking out of the water. Okay? And that's Yeshua doing this on his own as another remembrance. And the Koanim were standing in the river until everybody passed by, as God commanded Yoshua, and the people were hurried and they went. And when the people finished crossing the Jordan, then the Aaron, now the Aaron is here and the people are in front of it, the Aaron has to get back to its place meaning in front of the people. So now the Aaron and the Quanim have to walk across the Jordan and then cross in front of the people as well. So that's what they do. And as we said in our first chapter, Whenever Yoshua had made sure that Ruven, Gad, and Chatsim, and Hashem would keep their side of the bargain of their, of their to, to stay on the other side of the Jordan, that they would go and they would fight. So now Ruven, Gad, and Chatsim, and Hashem, they take their place within the army of Bnei Israel. So that's good. And now we have four, an army of 40,000 Jewish people Including Ruven, God, and and but 40,000 people that are now looking towards Yericho to begin the battle upon entry into the land of Israel, and now the battles are going to start. And that day, on that day, God raised up the status of Yoshua in in, among the people of Israel. And they feared Yoshua the same way they feared Moshe all the days of his life. So that's where we're going to stop the psukim for today. Um, the only thing we promised we would discuss is the analysis of. The Kohenim carrying the Aaron. What is the significance of the Kohenim carrying the Aaron? Okay. So when do Kohenim do a service? When do Kohenim typically do service? Well, the Kohenim do the most important services. For example, are Levim taking part in the, in the services of Yom Kippur? No. no. The Kohenim are doing that. So the Kohenim. Anytime you see a Kohen doing a service, that's a, an important service, right? They're doing the most important thing, right? When do the Levim Levim do a service? They do the lower level services. If a levi is doing a service, it's not like the quinti- it's not like a most essential, meaning it's not the main thing that's going on. So by switching the carrying of the aron in front of the people from a job that the levi'im do to a job that the kohanim do, what are you signifying? This is oh. very important. That the carrying of the aron in front of the people has now gone from a secondary thing to a main very, very important job. Meaning the carrying of the Aron in front of the people has now become what Borei Olam wants all of Am Yisrael to focus on. When they were walking around in the desert, what was leading the people? A pillar of cloud. A pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire. And where was the Aron? The Aron was in the middle of the people. It was in the middle of the people. And it was surrounded by the Levim and then surrounded by the tribes. So the Aaron's placement was in the middle of everything Now that the Qa'anim are carrying it, the Aaron's placement is at the front So the idea is When the Jewish people were in the desert When they were in the desert, they had God within them God was amongst them, everything was miraculous There was a pillar of fire, a pillar of cloud who was guiding them And their lives were kind of spiritually blissful Because there was no work, there was no labor, there was no normal life, there were no normal wars Moshe was practically just a vessel for for God's will, and anything you wanted to know, you could just know from Moshe. And that's represented by the Aaron being in front, um, the Aaron being in the center. It's the people are just in, in, they're one with God in this in this pure, perfectly blissful spiritual existence, right? But then when we go into the land of Israel, we're going to have to start fighting normal battles. We're going to have to start. Living a normal life The man is going to stop We're going to see the man stops very soon And we're going to have to start planting And agriculture and things like that And existence becomes less It's less that God Is just hanging out amongst us And life is completely spiritual And it is more that we have to live our lives In a mundane way But we are to be guided by God So The perfect existence Is to be able to live with God in the center Right? And, and God is just sitting there and, and life is perfect But that's not what life is about The purpose is to live a normal life And to be guided by God It's to not be spoon-fed godliness But to be able to follow God on your own initiative okay? So all of a sudden The Aaron being in front of the people Is to show the people that You are now about to do perfectly normal human things You're about to go and fight a battle against Jericho With 40,000 soldiers and you're going to think perhaps That now it's all on your own <laughs> But the Quranim are now carrying that Aaron To tell the people That no, no, no The most important thing at this point Is to be following God God's not going to be in your midst The way He was before the things, Life won't be as miraculous as it was before The man won't be coming from heaven In the miraculous way like it came before But you have to live life But this time you have to be oriented Towards following the way of God and that's the, the, the philosophical shift that happens from when we are living in the desert to when we go into the land of Israel. Now, what's the, what's the more enjoyable way of existence? The Staying desert. In the desert yeah. But what's the, what is the more realistic way of existence? It is the land of yeah. Israel. So the land of Israel, more than anything, is a test to see if Am Yisrael could live a normal existence but oriented towards the way of God, which is very difficult because our tendency is to forget God. Which is also why there are going to be a lot of monuments, stones, this and that, all in order to keep Bene Israel's memory of God in the land. Okay, so that's the significance there. If you have any questions, let me know. A couple of questions. you have like a minute. Okay, one: Are these stones viewable now, today, like? I don't any- know. I I read. Um, they're like. I, I, I read there's a theory that they found them or something. I don't know if it's true, but uh, look it up online. Probably not. You hear the word stone, you think like, okay, it's like a hand inside. No, we like pillar. A yeah, pillar. it's going to be a big. I mean, look, but think about it, it. Was twelve men who were carrying it, right? So they probably had like a wagon to carry it on. But it wasn't some like it wasn't like a, you know it's not going to look like Stonehenge, you know. It's not going to be gigantic. I, I don't know. Probably not so many people have been there also since then. and there's so many stones Milan, like, well, how do you know if these are the stones uh, The other question is from what I remember, the Jews almost never lose a person in battle unless they did something ungodly Well we'll see we'll see what's happening I think that starts to normalize over time. Battle will become battle and death will, be, will become a not natural part of battle. Meaning, when you get to the, to the battles of Shlomo Amelech, people probably died. It's hard to say that even until that time, nobody ever died in battle. No, 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 I'm saying from but the beginning. But now, at the God very, very beginning, we're going to, see, to, we're going earth earth to see it slowly slow dissipate. down. Yeah, it's going to dissipate a little bit. Okay, Baruch Adonai Lalam. Amen. Amen. Amen.